Good afternoon. This is WMUC Digital College Park Radio, and you are listening to Nervous Child Collection. Won't you say? Hey, radio listeners. Do you like music? How about business? Come check out the Maryland Music Business Society, Thursdays at 7 in Van Munching Hall. Like us on Facebook at Terp Music for more details. Just to make sure it's out there. Just to make sure I'm not crazy, someone let me know if my audio was off. I think there was something wrong with the cord, possibly. So just someone please let me know because that was a little bit weird. Um, I'm just going to quickly make sure that everything is plugged in. Um, Yeah, well, we'll hope for the best. If stuff gets weird, I have the PC here, so um, I can make it make it work okay i feel like my computer's broken okay we're good we're good anyways um welcome to nervous child collection my name is jordan uh on this show we talk about albums every week uh it started with uh my 2021 project of listening to a new album every single day which blossomed into in 2023 listening to a new artist every week and a lot of the episodes that i've been doing this semester are based off of my yearly project going on right now and in this episode, we're going to be talking about Trampoline by Steel Train. Uh, Steel Train is probably one of the lesser known bands, if not the least known band I've ever done on this show. But behind the very kind of unknown band is one of the most, mo- one of the best known musicians in the music industry as we speak. So it'll be interesting to kind of explore that with you guys and just talk about this album with you guys. So we're going to get right into it. Um, just to start off, Steel Train is uh, a band that was, I, I don't want to talk too much about the band before, you know, I get into that section of my episode, but just to preface, um, a band that was active from 1999 to 2013. And the front man of the band is Jack Antonoff. So that's what I meant by many people don't know the band, but they know the, the main guy behind it. So I'm happy to kind of highlight one of Jack Antonoff's earliest works, uh, because people don't know it. People know him back when he was in Fun, which overlapped with this a little bit. But you know, this is truly like where Jack Antonoff started in the music business, and now he is quite literally going to be known, at least in my opinion, as the greatest producer and artist and songwriter of like the twentieth se- or the twenty first century, and just like just this generation he is world renowned he is the uh uh the man who i'm forgetting right now what's his name the producer who did like all the the like uh viva la vida oh my god what's his name whatever i'm not gonna remember his name right now and if i do i'll say it but um yeah i'm just really excited to talk about this so i've been a fan of jack antonoff for about over five years now I found him when I was a sophomore in high school, uh, listening to his now band called Bleachers. And over the years, I have grown more and more in love with everything that he, uh, you know, just makes. He has some of my favorite works of all time. Um, I was introduced to his earliest band, Steel Train, during my 2021 project, where I listened to Steel Train's self-titled project. And that is an amazing project. I could argue that it's my favorite of their three albums, but... 
uh, there's a reason why I didn't do that one. And I think o- over the time, I kind of grew to like trampoline better. Um, and I love that project. And even, even though I didn't explore more of it really at the time, um, nor the discography, uh, I was stuck by a few of the standout songs from that project. And that's kind of how I eventually got back to the band to do it for this year. Um, and as such a big fan of just Jack Antonoff in general, I wanted to not only revisit all of his earliest works, but make sure I went through extensively and listened to the whole discography, which is why I did him for one of my weeks, or not him, but the uh, Steel Train for uh, one of my weeks. I think it was week 13 that I did Steel Train for, so just, you know, two or three weeks ago. Uh, and out of their three albums, this one stood out to me, I think, the most. And I think it's a really appropriate album for one of my episodes. Uh, all three of the albums were different and or like were completely different, honestly. Uh, and I, although I really, really liked Steel Train self-titled, I felt like this one had more like depth and meaning behind it in a way. But I have to admit, um, if you like this. And if you like Jack Antonoff in general, listen to this, uh, Steel Train self-titled. That one is fun, it's energetic, and it is like, it's truly such an exciting album to listen to. Uh, but getting into just the album and the artist, Steel Train once again is an indie rock band that was active from 1999 to 2013. And that was basically until Jack Antonoff com- committed Elsewhere, which was on the band Fun, which he played as the uh, guitarist for, and like background vocalist for a couple of years. Um... An NJ-based band, all of the members met in day school in their home county, and then the band formed in 2002, so they kind of started talking in 1999, and then they officially came together in 2002, where it was kind of a collision of two bands that the boys, like, had already, like, made on their own, and then they were like, yeah, let's just make it all one big thing, so it's kind of like their own little super group. Um, I didn't get the names of everyone in the band, but in the first album you hear a lot of vocals from one of the other um, band members. I think his name is Matthew, but I think he left the band, which is why this album is like almost entirely just Jack Antonoff, or basically entirely besides um, some backing vocals, which I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, But Steel Train has three studio albums, and I think there was two EPs. Trampoline is their sophomore cut. And uh, after their first try, um, or their first, not their first try, after their first... Uh, album. They had enough recognition to perform at Bonnaroo, Warp Tour, etc. So even though I can argue that this band isn't extremely well listened to, um, they did have some big moments back when they were active. But I'm looking at um, this album now, and I the most amount of plays is 300,000. And most bands that I play on here have at least 1 million plays on like the songs in their album. But I think they have um more listens elsewhere but this album in particular out of their discography is not does not have like a heavy amount of streams especially for like a jack antonoff album um but trampoline was released october 8th 2007 um uh, but actually i it's i read october 8th 2007 but i'm looking here and it says january 1st 2007 so i don't know i don't know 2007 uh, and they debuted at number 10 on the Billboard Heat Seeker chart. And in their full East Coast tour, they performed the album in full every show, which is something that I love when artists do. I think that's a very cool thing to do. And on this album, they uh, they implemented background vocals from uh, one Jack Antonoff's future bandmate, uh, Nate Russ, who was the frontman of Fun. 
uh, you guys all know his voice because everyone knows at least one fun song. Um, and then also his sister, Rachel, which is really cool. So yeah, with that all being said, I just want to get straight into the album. This is a fun album, but there's a lot of really important undertones that I think is what called me to the album when I was reading about it and especially then listening to it. Um, so we're going to start off with the first track on the album, which is called I Feel Weird. Um, I'm really hoping that my sound works. I'm trying to see if anyone let me know anything was wrong. Okay. Um, if anything's wrong, just call me and I'll just start like messing with things. But we're going to start with track number one. It's called I Feel Weird. And I think this is actually the most played one on the album. So I don't know. Maybe one of, one of the ears out there has heard this one. All right. So without further ado, I Feel Weird. I hope you guys enjoy.
All right, guys, that was I Feel Weird, track number one. Uh, starts off super energetic, like I was telling you guys. Um, one thing that I'm going to preface, because I was just thinking about it, is that this album has so much like musical theater type of hints into the music and the way that Jack sings. But I have to say it's so enjoyable because he is so, like, euphoric in his like i i feel like even like today maybe it's just old age but he does not sing like that today he has so much energy in this album and it's to die for but this is kind of this it this i i i'm starting with a song that has like really dark undertones but i want to preface that the theme of 9-11 is extremely prevalent and might be like the main theme of this album uh jack antonoff grew up in north new jersey and he went to high school in new york city uh he basically has experienced as much as anyone in the tri-state area has experienced with 9-11 um i want to also preface that it's wrong to sue like no one in his family died from 9-11 from what i understand so what he experienced is obviously not the same as some of the victims families have experienced um like myself uh in my family you know we we're not directly affected by any loss um, in our families, but we lost neighbors, and that's just, like, why, kind of, I guess I resonate with this album and I understand Jack's perspective on it. 9-11 um, is obviously something that affects certain geographical areas and then, of course, certain families more than others. So just bringing in this perspective of being someone who was affected by it. Jack, a lot more than me, obviously, I was, I was not alive when it happened. I just mean my family. I just want to preface that. But this is kind of the start of these 9-11 allegories in the album. I don't know if al allegories was the right term there, actually. Um, and within this song, he also discusses the death of his sister, um, who I knew that his sister died. I just really didn't know the implications of it. But his uh, younger sister died at the age of 13 from brain cancer when Jack was a senior in high school. Um, so that was obviously, like, a really big thing for Jack to experience at an extremely young age for him, as well, obviously, as his sister. Um, and he kind of just goes through this idea in this song, especially, and then throughout the album, that this idea of inevitable, inevitable death becomes prevalent. He's experiencing death in mass amounts with 9-11, and then in very close uh, familial, familial amounts, uh, with his sister and that's kind of just the the theme that we're getting at with this album there's a lot of like underlying traumatic tones to it uh and once again uh just keep your eye out for maybe like those 9-11 references um it's really easy to spot if you just listen to the lyrics and it's masked by his energetic and almost happy tone but Take it more maybe as emotional and energetic because not everything he's talking about really correlates with the way that he's singing it. So, yeah, that's I Feel Weird. And then we're going to skip track number two, which is called Black Eye, and then go into track number three, which is called Kill Monsters in the Rain. This is a cool one. Um, I For a lot of this um, episode, I had to kind of do some personal annotations because there's not really much reviews or anything on this album i had a lot of trouble finding anything uh, besides what was on genius um so a lot of this is uh, my own annotation of the song so just bear with me if you think i kind of sound stupid but yeah track number three is called kill monsters in the rain and i hope you guys enjoy <laughs>
I feel like that song is just evidence of how powerful and unique Jack Antonoff is as an artist, especially when his voice comes through at the end. Oh, I appreciate this man more than my words could ever exasperate. Um, ignore me if that wasn't the right word either. I'm just saying things. So um, this is personal annotation. I know, guys. I know I don't do this often. I'm not really good at annotating things. Uh, I was not good at English in high school, but we're trying because it's music, so that's easier for me. 
Uh, I feel like this track looks into these grievances and experiences from his childhood and him addressing them almost in a post-traumatic way. And he wants to, quote-unquote, kill monsters in the rain, almost like, for lack of a better phrase, defeating his demons and these stressors in his life. And it also gives this vibe of two people, two young people, making up for lost time, mistakes, and past life events. So it's giving kind of... I mean, a little bit of like a coming of age type of thing where he's you know there's these two people in the story and they're just kind of just trying to make it through and they're redoing everything that could have gone wrong and making up for it um but once again we have these like themes of death of course and just like post-traumatic stressors um as the ones where we're dressed in the first track, those stay prevalent throughout the rest of the album. Uh, I particularly love in this song how, this, well, one, the guitar riffs that come right before, like, the main uh, chorus, I would say. Uh, and especially when, um, when Jack, his voice, he's singing the word again, and it, it, like, goes off at the same time that the riff starts. And it just, it's just a perfect flow. Um, and it's also, like... Jack Antonoff, more than anything, I think, is known for his production skills. And this is just, like, a great insight of that. Um, he is absolutely killing it. Um, yeah, this is a great song. I can't say enough good things about it. I apologize if my annotation was kind of lackluster. But once again, I'm not really great at annotating things that I really, like... Especially, like, with music, it could mean literally anything, I feel like. Like, they're saying one thing, and it actually means, like, something about their life that, like, no one would be able to guess without knowing. So, I apologize if that was lackluster. But, um, stuff happens, so, whatever. Uh, we're gonna be skipping track number four, which is called Dakota. This is one of the tracks where, uh, his sister Rachel and then Nate Russ is on. Um, this one's kind of beautiful, but I'm not gonna be playing it. Sorry, guys. But track number five is called Alone on the Sea, and this is arguably my favorite song on the album. Uh, it's between this one and then the one I'll play after that, but I think this one is more than fantastic. Uh, it's the reason why I like this, like, I enjoy this album probably the most out of the discography, so I'm really excited to play this one for you guys. So, without further ado, track number five is called Alone on the Sea. I hope you guys enjoy.
cry for the other who wait here in a jail cell, loner like a sailor on the sea. Now, that is a song worth a thousand words. Um, Alone on the Sea. I have to point out before I talk about it that the production on that song is maybe the height of it on this album, but it is perfect. I wouldn't change a single thing about it. The um, guitar solo and riffs, once again, are to die for. The drumming at the end, it really hones it in. Uh, Everything about it, in my opinion, is at least a little bit perfect so i am i cannot say enough good things about that song but um getting into more of the content so alone on the sea kind of brings in this 9-11 imagery uh the one lyric that he repeats over and over again is and all i can see is the buildings they burn so bright and that's kind of you know like there's really not much explaining that i have to do for that um but it also gets more into to, into the idea of inescapable death and discusses his experiences of going to high school and just being in the city a lot and seeing everything in this recovering state in the years that he was in high school going or going to high school in New York City. Um, he's seeing people who lost their loved ones and lost their jobs and everything that really hurt New York City for such a long time. And of course, New York City had an amazing jump, jump back or bounce back from 9-11, but it 
obviously tainted and really wrecked the whole entire New York City community for a super long time. And, of course, uh, he gets into how so many people don't understand how traumatic 9-11 was to people, um, both including, like, you know, the tri-state area people and people in his situation that didn't experience loss but experienced just the aftermath of it, both, I mean, I'm sure economically, um, you know, his, uh, just in socially, just in so many different ways. Um, and then, of course, uh, like, in his sense, um, probably the idea of how people from outside states or different areas of the world don't understand the implications that this had on, you know, the people of New York City, the people who were in New York City a lot, whatever. And he is really frustrated and he is explicitly getting frustrated with his friends at home who didn't go to school in New York or like, you know, didn't spend much time there and they didn't see the aftermath of New York City the way that he did and how they don't understand it in that sense. Um, once again, bringing in the preface that Jack Antonoff did not experience direct loss, but he did have the experience of being a high schooler going to school in New York City uh, post 9-11, uh, which of course has its own, um, you know, traumatic experiences within it but once again putting in that preface just for um like being politically correct about it it would be wrong you know I don't think I have to explain myself again but um yeah this is kind of getting into you know Jack's frustration with people not understanding like what this event did and just kind of um I think I'll actually save my next thought for the next song because it talks more about this in the next song, but keep, kind of keep this idea that I just brought in about his frustration with the way that people reacted um, or their lack of reaction to 9-11. So yeah, I'm going to save the rest of my thoughts for the next song because it gets more deeply into my next comments. Um, but we're skipping track number six, which is called Firecracker. Uh, this is an amazing song, but um, I just didn't personally want to play it today. And then we're going to now get into track number seven, which is called A Magazine. This is definitely my second favorite. Um, I've been listening to this one a lot, and it is a very, very cool one. So get excited for that. All right, track number seven is called A Magazine. I hope you guys enjoy. That's the story from 
got the pretty lipstick shades. Alright guys, that was a magazine, track number seven. Y'all can hear me? Okay. Um, that one, my preface for that one will be, that is the most musical theater song on this album. I know, it's so, it's literally like you're like watching a musical, I know. But I love that song and I, I adore the part that is very musical theater-esque. Uh, I, I don't know what it is, but... I, I'm going to assume, honestly, it's just Jack's voice and just the way that he enunciates everything. It's very, very cool, in my opinion. But this song kind of talks about, um, going off what I talked about for Alone on the Sea, uh, it talks about the difficult and intense amounts and experiences Jack has experienced so far in his life. And he kind of talks about, and he starts by talking about, like, with this whole idea of, like, a magazine, how some people wanted to be, quote-unquote, like, be affected by 9-11 so badly that they glamorized it when they really have no idea about how it may have affected other people personally. Um, 
you know, like with the way that it affected, you know, maybe Jack's family and the way that he went to school and just the New Yorkers that he went to school with, um, you know, of course, everyone has a right to be affected by something that does affect them. But he is more getting into the fact that people were glamorizing it when the context that they know it in is not the context that he knows it in. Uh, and I think this is really important to think about. And I think he makes a great point of it, you know, um, not that like nine uh, eleven should never be glamorized. Like that should be a point. Um, but he's just getting into this fact that what people see in the media is not an actual representation of what this event did to those directly affected by it, uh, which is kind of where the whole like a magazine thing comes in because he sees people, you know, have their reactions to it and have their thoughts and opinions or whatever. And he's like, no, like you don't get it. You, you didn't, you didn't live or go to school or experience the city post nine 11. Like your families didn't experience this from it. You know, some, some more than others, of course, but he's dealing with this frustration once again that people are maybe underreacting to it or not reacting to it in an appropriate way. While, you know, he's over here saying, like, you guys are making, a, like, you know, such a wrong idea out of what happened. Like, you don't understand, like, what this did to the country, let alone the state, let alone just the city, let alone the, the neighborhood. And people are just, you know, kind of reacting to it and all, you know, wherever they're like, never forget. But he's like, but do you understand? So I think that's just kind of a really cool perspective. And you can, of course, apply this to so many things, especially as media evolved way past 2007. And you see people reacting to things that they don't really understand. And it's kind of like takes away from those who were affected by it. And I'm sure it's offensive in a sense. Um once again, I don't know exactly what Jack's experiences, what experience with 9-11 was besides going to school in New York City post 9-11 and, you know, being from New Jersey. Um, but it's I think my point is made clear as I've emphasized it through every song. Um, he makes a great point And it's just a good message to not glamorize or, you know, just put media on something in a way that does not you know really cover what actually happened or is spoken by someone who understands the true implications of what had happened so i think that's very cool uh we're gonna skip a couple more songs we're gonna only play one more song tonight uh this album is like a nine out of ten i'd say uh but i just really couldn't decide on which ones I wanted to play, so I kind of just chose to play only, I think, five songs this episode? Yeah. One, two, three, four, five. So I'm going to skip uh, track number eight, Diamonds in the Sky. Track number nine, Diamonds in the Sky is the other one that I would have played, but I decided against it. Uh, skipping, skipping track number nine, Leave You Traveling. Skipping track number ten, I'll, I've Let You Go. We're going to play track number, number 11, which is called School is for Losers. And I'm skipping track number 12, Women I Belong To. Uh, Women, Women I Belong To is a great song, but there's a period in the song for like two minutes that's just like absolute quiet and then it picks up again uh, after those two minutes. But I think it's like a little bit too awkward to try and play that on the show and just make people wait for the uh, audio to cut back in. So we're going to go to uh, Schools for Losers. This is a very like kind of manic song, so it's definitely taking a different vibe. 
from, I guess, some of the other ones. It's definitely a little bit more rock and roll. So, yeah, that's how we're going to finish out this episode. Um, I've really enjoyed it, and I am very excited to talk about the rest of it after. All right, so track number 11 is called School for Losers. I hope School's for Losers. I hope you guys enjoy.
Alright guys, that was School is for Losers, uh, a very cool and fun track to finish out the night on. Uh, this is a song about leaving school and traveling, uh, and specifically getting away from home in this area that was causing him so much stress and pain, both with 9-11, uh, that post-traumatic trauma he was experiencing, and his sister dying in his senior year of high school, and just kind of getting out of it all. Um, and with the intense beat and everything behind this song, it kind of gives this crazy manic moment where he just kind of like loses it all and leaves everything. And he talks about wanting this like forever summer, you know, he never wants the sun to set. He wants, he, he says he wants it's like burn into a thousand balls in the sky or something like that. Um, and he just never wants to leave those moments of his life behind the ones where he's really enjoying things and just, you know, out of it all. Um, and I like how it comes to this like Jurassic type of song at the end and one where he strays away from his sadness and essentially runs away with what he has left of his, you know, his self, I guess, you know, it's, it's a really sad album. And then you get into this, like one of the last songs and he's just like, I'm out, you know, like I'm done. Like this has been too much for me and I am tapping out of it. Um, and this, this song is very coming of age, just kind of also that idea of just like getting the F out, you know, like realizing something is too much for you, realizing you're in pain mentally and in other ways. And it's just like not working. Um, but that's really all I have to say about this, uh, album. Once again, Trampoline by Seal Train. If you like that, go check out that, uh, their other stuff. They have very gothic stuff, I'd like to say, um, in their first album, uh, which I'm forgetting the name of right now, it's super long, which is why I'm forgetting it. It's like the Twisted Tales of something, I don't know. But that one is very, I want to say, like, gothic. That one is from, like, 2002, so it kind of has this very, like, old... It's 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 super hard to describe, but that one's so cool, I would recommend it. And then uh, their self-titled is more energy than this one, which is saying a lot. So if you like the energy on this one, go check out their next one. Um, some updates I guess I have, uh, otherwise, uh, The Front Bottoms released a new song this past week, uh, on Monday, it's called Outlook, it is absolutely fantastic, if you guys have it in you, go listen to it, I cannot say enough good things about it, it is very reminiscent of the old TFB, particularly kind of in between, uh, their back on top and going gray era, I like to say, and I am really loving how the, the way that it's sounding. And with that, they are releasing an album on August 4th, so, um, it's called You Are Who You're Friends With, I believe, and I am so excited. This is my first TFB album release. Uh, their last album came out in 2021, uh, right before I started listening to them regularly, so this is super exciting for me, so I wanted to talk about that for a second. Um, Let's see, I don't know if any albums came out last week that were particularly on my mind. Uh, this week, I am listening to The Garden as my artist. Uh, going great so far. I'm really enjoying it. Um, I already knew some of their stuff, but it's exciting to get the full listen, which is the whole point of this project. So The Garden is going on this week. Uh, don't know who I'm doing next week. Don't know what show I'm doing next week. So if you guys are wondering, I don't have anything to say about that. Uh, I do have to figure that out, definitely. Um, I want everyone listening here to know that as someone who is in the Maryland area and or state, 
I do not want to hear a single thing about the All Things Go Festival this uh, upcoming fall. I will be studying abroad, and that is the best lineup I have ever seen. And the fact that I am not seeing Lana Del Rey live for under $200 is the biggest crime I have ever seen. I am so upset about it. I cried at work because of it. I have low-key been mad at everyone I'm friends with because of it. Uh, Not that it's their fault, but the fact that they all get to see Lana Del Rey and Boy Genius and Ethel Kane, and Maggie Rogers, and Carly Rae Jepsen, and literally so many artists, and I don't. I am beyond myself about it. Um, I really don't want to talk about it. Last year was the greatest experience of my life, and uh, particularly because of Lord. Um, but the fact that Lana Del Rey is going to be there this year is really breaking my heart. So this is my one time, hopefully, that I will ever talk about this. I am so upset, and I do not want to talk about it. Um, I think that's all my music updates I have. Uh, Next week, I will hopefully pull out with a great album because I don't know what I'm playing. Um, But I am looking forward to it nonetheless. Um, And I think the last thing I have to say that is unrelated to music is um, a little PSA. Um, Anyone who knows me, um, I guess maybe you've heard about this, but... um, my cousin's uncle, I don't know what relationship that would be uh, because the uncle is removed from the family, I guess. I don't know. I don't know the relationship really, but my cousin's uncle, I'll say, uh, his name is Frank O'Brien and his wife, um, whose name I am not remembering, um, they were on that boat that went missing uh, off the west coast of Mexico, I believe, so south of California. And uh, their boat went missing. There were three people on it, uh, Frank O'Brien and his wife and someone else. And they just called off the search, which is really devastating for uh, my extended family members because uh, that's obviously my my aunt's brother um, that is on that boat. So um, if anyone is out there in the uh, SoCal area that is listening or... Arizona, New Mexico, Mexico. Um, I don't. I don't think I have anyone from all the way out there listening. But if this, if there's a short chance that you know anyone out there, um, please do uh, recognize the severity of this issue. Um, not just because it's someone that I know and am technically family with that is missing, but because they called off the search and that is um, really saddening. Um, so there's three people on a. I think it was a 44 foot boat. Uh, in the Pacific Ocean near Mexico and California. Um, I'm, I, I can't really say keep an eye out because I doubt any of you guys are in the middle of the ocean right now, but, uh, you know, tell your family if they're out there. Uh, I guess that's really all I have to say. Um, uh, I look forward to hearing, hear, I guess not hearing from you guys, but um, talking to you guys next week. I hope I pull through with an amazing album despite not being prepared with one yet. Um, but, yeah, um, love, uh, Love and kiss. Uh, I really enjoyed this episode this week, and I look forward to talking to you guys again in a week from today. All right, so this was WMUC Digital College Park Radio. My name is Jordan, and my show is Nervous Child Collection. Keep on checking me out if you like me, and otherwise, have a nice night. Peace.